This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Today's guest is Matthew Amico. Matthew is a husband, father, and he's working on his criminal justice degree. Matthew had an NDE in 2018 where he encountered his grandmother, and we're going to learn more about it today. Matthew, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate you giving me some of your time. Thank you for giving me an opportunity to tell my stories. Uh, I've had plenty of experiences that I would love to share. Great. You're in the right place. All right. My audience loves NDEs, so let's start with yours. What happened? All right. My audience loves NDEs, so let's start with yours. What happened? So back in 2018, I was at a very low period in my life, um, smoking a lot of marijuana, just partying, trying to have a good time because I didn't have a great life growing up. And uh, I went. I became very depressed, very unhappy with the world, with my life, with myself. And, um, you know, I was ready to, I was ready to be done. Like I, I had lived what I thought was long enough. Um, I'd lost my grandmother a few years prior back in 2012 and uh, I was about 16 I was on the cusp of 17 and, um, her death hit me hard and that's what started my depression. And by the time I was 23 with all the marijuana, and some of the other stuff I was doing, nothing too serious, of course. I was just done. And so I decided one day that I was going to, I was going to kill myself. Hmm. And, um, I have chronic asthma. So I figured I would use that to my advantage in this case. And I induced an asthma attack using a, a strong form of marijuana. Hmm. And I, I started having trouble breathing. And my uh, now ex, who is still a good friend of mine, her and my uh, non-blood brother actually got married recently. We were living with them. I was living with them. And uh, my now wife, then girlfriend, was as well. And I started having trouble breathing. So she took me up to the hospital. And while at the hospital, there was a power outage. And I was starting to decline really quick. And they could not reach the respiratory team because the power went out. And at that moment, I blacked out. Um, I stopped breathing. The respiratory team came, started working on me, but they had lost me for a minute. Now, in that minute, this where it gets strange for me. I black out. The last thing I say to my uh, friend was, I don't want to die yet. It's that moment I realized I didn't want to die. Hmm. So... I black out. Uh, then I felt a whooshing sensation, like I was flying through the air. And the next thing I know, I'm in the corner of the room and I'm floating and I'm looking at my body. Now, in the time that uh, I blacked out, my mom had showed up at the hospital and my uh, brother and my friend was still there and they were all crying. And I could see them crying. They were sitting on my bedside to the right. Uh, the team was working on me to the left pumping me, you know, resuscitating me, trying to get me breathing. I'm floating and I'm watching them work my body and it's just lying on the bed. It's lifeless. 
And I realized, I think to myself, I'm about to die. I'm on my way out. This is it. I made that choice. I'm, I have to go through with it. Mm-hmm. And then everything just goes to black. And I feel a whooshing sensation. And then I, I'm, I feel like I'm floating. I'm, I'm seeing black. I'm not seeing mm-hmm. anything. Interesting. But I'm, I'm feeling like I'm floating. And then I hear someone say, he's here again. This is his third time being here. It is a time for him to stay. And then another voice, both voices I did not recognize. I should put that out there now. But um, the voice, the other voice says, no, it's not his time. He still has quite a bit left to do. He's got to go back. And the other voice says, are you sure? It is his third time. And they said, no, he's got to go back. And then I hear my grandmother, who had passed away years prior, say, hi, baby boy. I miss you. Um, I'd love for you to stay, but you have a lot of work left to do. And you need to go back, but I will see you soon. I love you. And I feel another whooshing sensation, and I wake up in the hospital bed. Hmm. I wake up, and my uh, now wife is sitting at the bedside, holding my hand, caressing it. And I think it was, I think 12 hours had passed. But to me, it was like a, a blink of an eye. Now, when I, woke up and I, I recovered. I thought maybe it was the doctors and the nurses talking and like my brain was registering it. Mm-hmm. But I read the transcripts. I ordered the transcripts. I got the transcripts. I read the transcripts and none of them had said anything of the sort. Not the doctors, not the nurses, nobody. And what hit me is the fact that I heard my grandmother talking to me as if she had see, was seeing me for the first time in years. Mm-hmm. And that's when I knew that possibly, quite possibly, I had experienced something out of this world. Um, I also, they, they have a, I can't remember what it's called, but it's a heart rate monitor, I think, or a brain monitor, one of the two. And it, it had flatlined for about a full minute. Hmm. So they had lost me for a minute. Um, obviously, they managed to bring me back. But uh, yeah, it was really strange. Um, and I tried everything I can to explain it away as my brain shutting down, as um, maybe, you know, uh, I was dreaming it because I was, you know, gone. But uh, there's nothing to explain it. There's no evidence of anyone saying anything of the sort. Now, that had been the third time I had died from my asthma in my life. Hmm. First time was when I had an asthma attack when I was two years old. They had lost me, I think 30 seconds or so. And then the second time was when I was eight years old. And again, they had lost me, uh, but managed to bring me back. And then this last time. So the fact that they mentioned three times I've been there, wherever there was, uh, struck me as well. Because the doctors wouldn't have known that information anyhow. I just showed up at the hospital one day, right. you know, dying. <laughs> right. Um, and uh, strange. Have you ever verified or talked with your friends and family that, hey, I was out of my body and I was watching you crying from the side? I did. I talked to him about it. Uh, my mother believes me because mm-hmm. she's always been into the supernatural, paranormal mm-hmm. experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, my friends and family... They tried to explain it away, but they only corroborated that I was gone for a minute. Mm-hmm. 
that the doctors had lost me that I flatlined. Hmm. Did you see anything else while you were up in the corner? I saw uh, all the equipment on mm-hmm. the walls. Mm-hmm. I saw the mask they tried to put on me to get me breathing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I saw that that didn't work. So they used something else. I can't remember what it was. It looked like a long metal piece. I think mm-hmm. they, um, I think they stick it down your throat to get maybe, you breathing. Right. Maybe they wanted to intubate you. Yeah. Intubate. That's an intubator. Um, right. It was, uh, I saw the doctors and the nurses scrambling around me, trying to get in different positions. They put IVs in. Mm-hmm. Um, it was uh, it was weird. It was strange. And I remember looking down and seeing myself floating up off the floor. It was a tile floor. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Did you ever speak to the doctors and or nurses and tell them about what you saw? I did. What did and they say? They said it was likely my brain shutting down. Mm-hmm. and uh, a rush of, I think it's dopamine that gets released when your brain's shutting down and that it was probably just a vivid memory. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I told them about, you know, hearing people saying, talking around me, saying that I've been there three times and that um, about my grandmother, mm-hmm. they said it was likely just your brain being re- filled with dopamine. But... They, they seem to just try to explain it away more than try to uh, get more out of me. So I didn't really talk too much about them, but I did ask them if they had said anything of the sort mm-hmm. and they did not. When you said you got transcripts, was there like a camera in the re- in the room that recorded the entire event? And then that's how you saw what the transcripts were? Or no, else? it was a print off of everything that had been typed because uh, the hospital I went to had a, uh, uh, my ex actually was one. They go in the room and they type up everything that's being said and being done on the patient. Okay. Um, I got paper copies of that, but I didn't get any video copies. Yeah, that's very interesting. Now, you don't have any recollection of any type of an experience from the other two times that you um, had no. an asthma attacks and died, right? No, I don't have any recollection. Mm-hmm. I think I was just too young. Mm-hmm. Um, I was also going through a lot of trauma at the time when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my memory from when I was a kid is blocked. I can't remember much uh, before the age of 10. Mm-hmm. I just know I died because uh, my mother, or my grandmother, my grandfather uh, all told me about those two incidents, mm-hmm. having asthma attacks and being rushed to the hospital and them losing me. Right. Have you considered um, getting any hypnotherapy to see if you can recount other stuff? I actually have. I've never gone through with it, but I have because I think it'd be interesting to try. Yeah, I agree. Since that has happened to you, is it a memory that's faded or it never fades? You can still see it like when it happened. It never fades. It's uh, it's stuck in my mind. And sometimes when I go to sleep, I'll re-experience it as a mm. dream. Hmm. and uh, it keeps it very much alive. And, and the weirdest thing is that before my NDE, I was very depressed. I had no aspirations in life, no life goals. I didn't want to do anything with my life except go do basic work at basic jobs and just barely skate by. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I came back, the moment I woke up, I didn't feel the same. Hmm. I felt like, like I was the same person, but not. And uh, like I have memories that I didn't have before. And 
uh, like uh, about a friend named uh, Michael when I was a kid. And I remember him coming over to the house, uh, my grandparents' house. I was around 11 years old and him and I would go out back and play in the yard and, and uh, go exploring up in the woods and he would sleep over you know, have dinners with my family. But when I asked my grandfather about Michael, he never existed. Wow. Yeah, apparently Michael never existed. I never had a friend named Michael. I never had anyone by that name ever even come over to see me, visit me, nothing. Hmm. And I always found that strange because I have very vivid memories of him and I climbing the trees in the backyard, going up into the woodlands behind the house I grew up in, hmm. exploring the woods. We even built a fort up back there. And if I, if I went up there now, I don't know if it'd still be there. But the last time I visited that spot, that hidden spot of ours up in the woods, his name was carved in the tree. Wow, that's amazing. That we used for the base uh, of our of our little hidey hut. But there's no no one else. My mother, my brother, my my grandmother never. Oh, I mean, I'm sure she couldn't tell me now anyway. But right. I'm sure if she was alive, she'd probably tell me the same as my grandfather that there was never a Michael. Is it possible that there was a Michael, and your family never met him? Met him. But then you said he came over for dinner and stuff. Yeah, he came over for dinner. He had I have vivid memories of him having dinner with my uh, grandmother and my grandfather and then talking. And us all talking. Mm-hmm. I remember my grandmother made steak, mashed potatoes, and green beans one, one night for uh, all of us when he came over. And uh, my grandfather has no recollection of any of this. But and a- while he is a little old, he has a very good memory. That's amazing that you have that physical evidence of his name carved in the tree. Yeah. When I went to visit the spot just before I moved away from that house, you know, I, I checked it out and it was still there, you know, a little moss covered because it had been years since anyone was up in that spot in the woods, but it was still carved in the tree and it's been very much burned in my memory. And I have memories of this, of this kid, you know, coming over playing video games, staying nights, having a great time i even have i even found a picture um a couple years back before i moved again and lost it that i drew of him and i Hmm. playing in the backyard now obviously i was a kid so it's like stick figures Mm -hmm. but you could see his name at the at the top of above his uh avatar and um it's completely different handwriting than mine Hmm. so i i have evidence of a michael right but no one remembers anyone by that name. No one hmm, that's can corroborate. That's fascinating. You know, it kind of makes me think. Okay, maybe you had some kind of spirit guide with you or something, and only you saw him. Maybe. But then I. But what doesn't I still account for his handwriting or his? I guess you could have carved his name in the tree. I very well could have, but I have no memory. I remember carving my name because I remember the knife we used. Mm-hmm. But I remember handing him the knife and watching him carve it. Right. Yeah, I would love to see you get some hypnotherapy and see what would come up. I would it, love to try it. That would be amazing. If I was a hypnotherapist, I would say come over, but I'm not. <laughs> I don't uh, think I could come all the way to Texas anyhow. <laughs> yeah. What about this? Did your wife notice these changes about you afterwards? Yes, she what, did. What did she say? She said that it was strange to see because when she knew me when I was very depressed and even before the deep depression uh, I went into, she, she would tell you that, you know, my life goal was to just 
lounge around and barely get by and just kind of live a simple life. But she noticed the change immediately. As soon as I woke up, um, she said she could see it in my eyes. My eyes were different. I had a different intensity about myself. And on top of this, not only I was I was a shy kid, like not only was I depressed, I was shy. I wouldn't talk much doing a podcast like this. I would have never even thought or dreamed about because I could never bring myself to talk to anyone about anything. And the moment I woke up, I was talkative. I wanted to talk to everybody. Mm. Uh, and I have been very extremely outgoing since the incident. Mm. But all my paperwork as a kid, even taking a personality test, they all said I was introverted. Mm. But I'm not introverted, and I haven't been since. So mm. I've had a complete change in personality because of this. Mm-hmm. Mm. And it's even strange to me. Have you noticed yourself having any paranormal abilities? Yes. This isn't something I talk too much about with uh, most people because I don't want to sound crazy. But uh, in this case, I'll talk openly about it. When I was a kid, Mm -hmm. I could see my future in a series of, I guess, panoramic dreams. I'd have a dream. Okay. Let me set it up here. I would have a dream. And in the dream, I would see whatever I'm looking at or doing for example when i was 11 years old i had a dream that i'd be in class cutting a piece of paper a certain way with a purple pair of scissors and then a year later i was in that class in that moment cutting the paper the exact same way with those exact same pair of scissors and i recognized it immediately and since I was a kid, this would happen. And it wouldn't just be events that were happening a year from now. I would see events that would happen multiple years down the road. When I was 13, I had a dream about looking at this lilac tree from a certain position with a certain point of view. And uh, four years later, when I was 17, I met this girl. And I was going over to her house a lot. Then one day I was just standing in her yard and I looked over at the lilac tree. And that's when I realized in that moment I was looking at that same lilac tree from that dream, from that point of view. And uh, it's gen- they're generally focused around my future and what's going to happen in my future. And um, I'm trying to think of how to say this. But recently it hasn't just been mine. Um, I knew I was going to be going to the college I'm going to now well in advance and even though i looked at seven different colleges before this one before deciding on this one i still ended up going to this one even looking at different colleges and i knew i was going to be going to the criminal justice program i think a year ago year and a half ago but when i actually got moved down here and everything I had no idea that I would end up going I would end up going to college so soon. I knew what college I'd be going to. I knew what program I'd be doing, but I didn't know where. I didn't know exactly when. And then one day I, I got a call from the uh, Miller Mott College and I recognized right in that moment, wait, because in my dream, I saw a portfolio. I saw this portfolio appear in my dream. MMC. And then in the same dream, I open it up, and at the top, 
is this paper with criminal justice on it. Hmm. And then a year later, I get a call from Miller Mock College. I, I, I somewhat recognized the name. I knew it sounded familiar. I knew I'd seen it somewhere, but I couldn't recognize it at first. And then when I went into the meeting, they handed me the folder. That's when it clicked. Because in my dream, I was looking down at the folder and I opened it up. And at the top was criminal justice. Mm-hmm. And that's when it clicked. That dream had again come true. And, it had, and those are just three incidents I've mentioned. This has been multiple incidents throughout my life. I have had great great events that were going to happen in my life spoiled for me because of this. Um, I saw my wedding well in advance of it happening. Um, I couldn't see who it was at the time because in my dream, the face was blurred out, but I saw the purple suit I was wearing. I saw my what now wife's wedding dress and the people around us. They were all, all their faces were blurred out except for mine, but the suits and, and the place were all shown to me in, in this one dream. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of years later, uh, we have the wedding and I'm standing in the same spot as in the dream. And I can see uh, everyone but me uh, up there talking. And that's when I realized, wait a minute, I've seen this before. And uh, nowadays it's not just me. Um, I see pieces of my son's future now. Um, and uh, he's got a bright one coming, brighter than mine. Uh, the mine was when I initially had the dream. I had known what my son looked like before uh, we had found out what, that my wife was pregnant. Because in my dream, I had seen, I had looked down on my phone, the same phone I have now, and I was uh, on my home screen was a picture of my son. And I didn't know it was my son at the time. Uh, But in the dream, I was looking down at it from about this, from just like this. And then uh, I just wake up. And then um, a month ago, I I got a message and I was looking, picked up my phone and I was looking at it. I was like, wait a minute, I've seen this before. And that's when it clicked that I had seen my son a year and a half in advance, two years before it happened, before uh, he was even born, before we even knew she was pregnant. And uh, it's been a, a crazy experience. And when I was a kid, it wasn't as prevalent and as often as it is now. Um, I'm getting these dreams once a month even. And it's not just like one one moment in time. I'm seeing multiple moments in time in one dream that span years into my future mm-hmm. and his future. Have you had any other abilities that you didn't have before happen? Um, feeling and sensing spiritual energy. When I was a kid, I was very empathic and growing up in a, in a haunted house was very rough, but everywhere I go, I feel, I can feel when, as soon as I walk in a door to someone's place, I can feel there's something there. I can feel it in my bones. And um, they often will make their presence known to me. Um, Sometimes. And my wife's brother unfortunately passed away 
a few years ago. And he never met him, but he has made his presence known to me quite a few times. My wife, not so often, but me quite often. And I can always tell when he's around, um, especially if I walk in my son's room at night to check on him. I'll know if her brother is there or not because I'll feel him. Mm. And he's also moved some stuff around on us from time to time. He's a little little jokester. Why do you think he hangs around your house? I think he hangs around my wife. I don't think it has anything to do with me. I think it has to do with my wife and now my son, uh, his nephew. Um, Because him and my wife, while somewhat distant, were very close as well. And she's the oldest. He was the youngest. And they were very similar in a lot of ways. And um, she was the last person to see him before. And um, I think he kind of attached himself to her more than the others in his family. But I don't know. I could be wrong. Mm -hmm. But uh, we just – I've noticed his presence a lot around here. And I'll – I'll be sleeping and I'll wake up because I feel him enter into the room with us and I'll wake up because I feel someone looking at me, staring at me and I'll feel that there's someone there, but there's nobody there. Have you tried to figure out who the people were that were with you when you had your NDE? No, 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 because I like a little bit of mystery to my life. Mm -hmm. I think if I really tried to dig, maybe I'd find out. But I think I don't because I'm excited to find out when my time does come. Do you fear death now? No. Um, I feared it before. Um, But I was really ready to go. So that fear subsided when I decided to try to kill myself. But since, no, I have no fear of death. Um, I don't want to die. Mm. I'm raising my son. But if my time does come and I know it's come, I won't be afraid. Right. I won't be afraid at all. I'll welcome it because I can't – I'm not religious. I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. Mm. I don't know what comes after this life. Maybe it's something. Maybe there's a whole new mystical plane of existence. Maybe it's just black and there's nothing. I don't know. But whatever it is, when it's my time, I'll be ready. And I'm excited to find out one way or the other. Do you have any negative after effects on your NDE? The memory blockage. um, I lost a lot of my memories from that time and before that time. Um, I don't remember much of high school. I can remember a few faces few people by name and face, but incidents, uh, events. Um, sometimes I even have trouble recalling what years I went to school. Um, sometimes I even have trouble just placing simple things like my grandmother's death. I know it's October. Oh, wow. I actually just lost it. Uh, October 12, 17th, 2012. But, um, Again, I have to think about these things because they they were lost to me when I came back. 
before your NDE, you did not have any memory problems. No, I had a no. great memory. I remember fine details to the smallest event. Hmm. But now I, I have trouble. Like, uh, I started college, like, uh, about a month ago. Five weeks ago, six weeks ago. But even something as, as soon as that, I still have trouble remembering. Even today afterwards, you don't, you have memory problems even till today. I mean, if not, of even current events, like you can't remember what you had for lunch yesterday or something like that, or, or just you can't, or you have trouble memory with the things before your NDE. Uh, both before my NDE and, and sometimes it's, it's some things like, not remembering what I had for lunch yesterday. And actually, I don't remember what I had for lunch yesterday, and that I should bring it up. Mm -hmm. um, I don't even know if I had lunch yesterday. Right. I have to ask my wife these little things um, because I just don't remember anything like I used to. Is this affecting your schoolwork? No, because I keep, I keep pretty good track of my schoolwork because I do have these memory problems. I keep them in specific folders to remind myself where I last picked up on. Um, I also start, I write a lot of notes because of my memory um, because I'll, I'll be in the middle of a paper and I'll have a really great thing coming to myself and I'll be typing it out. And then I look away even just to look at my cat. And by the time I look back at the screen, I've lost it, I've lost it all. So I often find myself having to write out everything first before I dig in. I'm just wondering, like, when you take tests and you're going to have to memorize stuff, does that affect I you? I seem okay with some of that stuff. So when, when I really – when it comes to something I need to remember, I generally do okay. But it, it's long-term dates that I start struggling with. Okay. Like, I can remember what I had for lunch today. Which was a, a chicken and cheese sandwich, but yesterday is is lost to me. When you first came back and you were still in the hospital, did you recognize you were having memory problems? And if so, did you speak to the doctors about it? I didn't recognize it at first. It became more noticeable for me when I started getting better. Mm -hmm. As I I had a great memory, even just waking up in the hospital bed, I had a great memory. But then as I started to heal and get back on my feet and start going into my life, I, my memory just slowly got worse. Mm -hmm. And actually, because of this NDE, I turned my whole life around. Because mm -hmm. before it, I, I didn't eat healthy. Uh, mm -hmm. I didn't have anything going for me. Uh, mm -hmm. I was a loser. Mm -hmm. I was a real loser not going anywhere, Jeff. I'm not going to lie. Wow. But – since then, since coming back, I've turned my whole life around. Right. Um, I'm becoming so much successful in my life at a young age. Mm -hmm. And we're just talking about a two-year period. Right. Through, well, it's going on three years now. I was thinking about when asking you these questions, did you have brain damage and that's why you're having difficulty with memory or are you subconsciously blocking out stuff? What do you think? I think it could be a bit of both. I think a part of me or whatever part of me I killed off when I try to kill myself doesn't want me to remember certain things because they brought so much trauma and mental health damage to myself. And I also think a part of it 
could be because of the brain damage because I lost oxygen to my brain for that full minute. My yeah. my whole throat closed up. I had my lungs closed up because of my asthma, and I think maybe it could have been a little bit of brain damage. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I can't say for sure. Yeah. I personally think it could most likely be a bit more towards brain damage. Yeah, yeah I'm not. I'm not. And I'm possibly not. the years of smoking marijuana. Maybe that too. Yeah, I don't know. I would think though. I, yeah, it's just hard to say. I mean, we'd we'd really need an opinion from a neurologist, you know, oh, yeah. to know, to know for sure. I guess it would be really interesting though to follow up with your case on. I that. agree. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. Um, I actually just I'm actually getting prepared to do some uh, blood test work done at my uh, latest doctor. So, mm-hmm. um, if it could even just be an imbalance in my brain a chemical imbalance and that's what we're going to find out here soon okay what are you seeing your doctor for is just a general health checkup or for something else general health checkup um since my nde i still do experience depression though not as bad as i did mm-hmm. um at the time it was suicidal depression mixed with a bit of bipolar disorder a uh, bit of adhd mm-hmm. but since then I have battled depression, mm-hmm. but not to the extent that it was. Right. And this is just to get on some uh, medication to keep myself from getting to any kind of low point again for my son's sake and my sake. Yeah, makes sense. And it's interesting that you don't for you don't have a problem with memory of this event. This is. A- I think it was just such a big event for myself. Mm-hmm. I, because it marked a, a re- that moment when I passed out to this experience to when I woke up. I think that moment is what sparked the change in me to do something with myself, mm-hmm. to not keep being a loser, mm-hmm. to aim for success and mm-hmm. to aim for better Right. for myself, for my wife. Right. For my family. And it's fascinating to mix in there. You know, right when it was all going down, you realized you didn't want to end your life. Yeah, because when I decided to do it, I was really ready to go. But then as I realized I was going, that's when I realized maybe maybe I'm not. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of people who have tried to commit suicide – have stated that the moment they try, they realize they don't want to. Right. It's kind of like a, I guess, a, a type of buyer's remorse. Right. I guess you call it. And, you know, maybe that's just the classical, you know, suicide mm-hmm. attempt mm-hmm. and realizing that I messed up. Mm-hmm. But I don't regret it. Right. I'm actually really happy I did it. Right. Because I think if I hadn't done it, and I think if I didn't experience this strange event. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would have changed my life around. Yeah. I mean, it, to me, it seems like your NDE was a positive thing on you because, you know, you, you've done positive things since then. Oh, yeah. Because of this NDE, I've, I've really aimed for better for mm-hmm. myself mm-hmm. and for my family. And again, I'll, I'll restate if I hadn't experience this i don't think i would have changed myself around is there anything with your nde 
that you've shared perhaps with your wife, but you've never shared with anybody else ever? I actually just recently shared with her about my grandmother. I kept that piece hidden to myself from everybody because it was so close to me. Mm. My grandmother was like a mother to me. Mm. Yeah, I have my mom, Mm. but she was like a a second mom to me. Mm. She took me in. She took care of me. And when I heard her voice, it struck that chord. I'll see you soon. Mm. That's, I have to go back a little few years. I remember, I, I do remember this because it struck me when I was a kid. My grandmother was cleaning the litter box to her cats when I was around 14 years old. And she was a self-proclaimed witch. And well, I've always been skeptical even then. She did show me some things that were very out of this world, extraordinary abilities. She could take a plain deck of cards and read my future. And she did. And the future she read to me when I was 14 ended up coming true when I was 19. Mm. Well, after she had passed away. Mm. And it was just a plain deck of cards, nothing special. Mm. But um, not only mine, she also did uh, an old man living with us at the time. I was watching her do it. And she got the uh, Ace of Spades, which I guess is known as a death card and card rating, tarot reading, card reading. And uh, as soon as she got it, she threw all the cards onto the floor and walked away. And then a few months later, the the man we were taking care of, the old man named Marvin, we were taking care of, passed away by his own hand, of course, but he passed away. And um, when I asked her about it, she didn't want to talk about it, but I, I mentioned the Ace of Spades card and that I knew what it meant. And she's like, yeah, I, I knew what Marvin was going to do. But anyway, let me get back to where I was. She was cleaning the litter box, and she had fallen and hit her head against the edge of a wood uh, plank that was being used to uh, to hold some items up, and it had knocked her out. And when, when I found her and passed out, I woke her up. And I was like, Nana, Nana, what happened? She's like, I don't know. I, I saw my mom, and she said, I'm going to see you soon. And then three years later, she passed away. And she said the exact same thing to me during this NDE. And that struck a chord with me that if I didn't turn myself around, I was likely going to end up dead a lot sooner. So I was in with a bad crowd. Right. I was doing things I shouldn't have done. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't have been doing. Right. But I just recently shared this with my wife first before mm-hmm. anybody else, because it just struck a chord with me and it was so personal. And um, it makes me really emotional uh, talking about it right. because while I am very skeptical of this event, the fact that she said key words to me that resonated through different points of my life that I think she knew I would remember really hit home. And, um, it makes me just uh, really emotional. But when I shared it with her, I realized that maybe if I talk about that piece more, uh, it'd be healthier for me to, to get it out. Right. And uh, I actually debated mentioning it on the podcast here, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm glad I did. Yeah. As I'm here, I'm getting a little emotional. I need to just take a sip of water. Sure. <laughs> 
But, uh, Can you recall when you were outside of your body, did you feel like you were expansive? You were free of this body? Like, wow, I'm, I'm, I've got space now. I felt free. Mm-hmm. But I also felt scared. Yeah. I felt scared because I'm looked down and I'm floating. And I'm watching everyone cry around me. And I'm watching them work on my lifeless body. Mm-hmm. And while I felt free... As much as there was excitement that I was free of my body, mm-hmm. there was also the fear of, oh, geez, I'm watching my loved ones cry and get upset because they're about to lose me. And I felt scared because I realized that I thought maybe it was too late. Mm-hmm. And then that was before everything went to black. And I had mm-hmm. that, heard that weird conversation mm-hmm. and then heard my grandmother. But I felt scared because I didn't know what was going on. Yeah, it was such a strange uh, experience watching myself float. Right, looking, being able to see myself lying on a table. My face is pale white, um, mm-hmm. lifeless, not moving except when they were putting the pressure on my body to uh, perform everything they had to perform, mm-hmm. the intubation and the IVs. But besides that, I, I had no no life, and I was pale and. I really thought I was looking at my own dead body. Right. I've heard before, I believe, in my podcast that there is like a transitional place between here and maybe the next um, dimension or whatever you want to call it that's all black. And it sounds like you kind of went to that place. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I've heard from not only your podcast, but other podcasts and uh, that that seems to those what you mentioned seem to be very uh, common experiences, seeing the light, seeing, you know, the, the, the tunnel, seeing, you know, for some people even seeing the gates of heaven, you know, but I, I didn't experience any of that. I just it was all black. Uh-huh. I didn't see anything, but I felt like I was floating like, uh, you know, when you float on water, you get that feeling of you know, just floating, like, mm-hmm. that's what it felt like, like I was floating on water, or air, mm-hmm. and then I'm hearing this conversation, and I'm pretty sure I felt like something touched me, when, uh, when my grandmother was talking to me, I thought I felt something touch my arm, my wrist, that right here, mm-hmm. and then uh, next thing I know, I wake up. I read about some research where they're trying to put numbers or something on the floor, so when people do have an e, an NDE and they happen to look at the floor, they'll see it and recall it. And boy, if because I think you said you saw the tile floor, and man, if you read it, if there would have been a number on the floor, that would have been amazing because you could have said, "Hey, it said number nineteen or whatever." I can tell you that I saw a glove on the floor below my feet. Hmm. I saw one of the blue gloves, uh, medical gloves they they must have been using because hmm. where I was in the corner. When I looked down, I could see off to my right side the the clothes bin, and then right above that was the trash bin, and then right kind of to the left and kind of behind me, I could see the biohazard uh, um, bin that they had, and right in front of that, right under my feet was a blue glove. I was seeing through my feet. Had a blue glove on the mm-hmm. floor. Mm-hmm. When you and that's were, when I, when it hit me that something weird was happening. When you were out of your that, body, 
did you actually see like a transparent version of your body floating or did you not see anything? You were just out of your body and seeing everything else in the room. I was just out of my body seeing everything that was going on. Okay. And then I looked down and I could see through my feet okay. the glove on the floor. Oh. And then I looked back up and I saw everything they were doing to me and my family crying. All right. Well, are you a public or private person? And what I mean by that is if people want to reach out to you on social media, do you respond? I do. You do? I am willing to retell my story as many times as I need to. I will, I'm willing to share my experience because I feel that many people have experienced something mm-hmm. similar, mm-hmm. but people are nervous to come out about it because they don't want to make it sound like they're crazy. Right. Make it sound like that they, that they, you know, experienced nothing. It was just your brain shutting down. They don't want to be, you know, treated terribly for something that they can't explain. And I'm a very public figure. Um, you know, right now I'm going to college. I'm doing great things, and I'm here telling this strange story that maybe some would find crazy, mm-hmm. but to me it was very real. Mm-hmm. And I'm just happy to finally be able to put it out in a public way and not just keep telling it to people around me. Would you like to give out your Facebook page or email address or anything if someone wants to get in touch with you? Yeah, of course. Um, I would love that. Um, Do you want me to name my Facebook? Whatever you want to put out there, it's going to be there. So I'll leave it up to you. Okay. Well, my name is Matthew Amico. Mm -hmm. Two T's. My last name is A-M-I-C-O. Anyone can feel free to reach out to me there. I will eventually respond. That's on Facebook. Yes, that's on Facebook. Okay, yeah. That's my Facebook account. That's my Facebook name. And... Anybody is more than willing, more than able, more than free to shoot me a message, whether they believe me or not. And they even, even if they want to dispute and debate it, I will debate it with you because mm-hmm. what I experienced was very real mm-hmm. and was what sparked in me something to turn my life around. All right. Well, before we wrap it up here, Matthew, do you have one last message that you'd like to share with us all? Yes, actually, I do. If anyone has ever experienced anything of the sort, don't be afraid to reach out. There are people who have experienced similar incidents, maybe not exactly like mine, maybe not exactly like yours. But people have experienced this, and people hide it because they're scared. But you shouldn't be scared. Be honest about what you've experienced. Be public about it. Because it's going to make yourself feel better and you're going to connect with so many amazing people who have experienced something similar. It can really be a great support, especially when you have a dream or flashback of the event that you experienced. It can be great to be able to reach out to someone and say, hey, I re-experienced it and I can really support right now. It's a great thing that you experienced something so out of this world extraordinary because not a lot of people get to experience something like this. We're talking about maybe one in every hundred people experience something this extraordinary. And that's something special. And you should be proud of that. Well, thank you. Thank you for that message. And thank you for joining me and sharing your story. I really appreciate it. And I think it's great that you turned your life around. And I wish you massive success with your life. 
Thank you. And I have loved every second of being on this podcast. Like I told you before, I was really nervous, but I'm really happy I did. And I saw many more experiences that I can share with you, Jeff. Oh, like wow. I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. I grew up in a haunted house. Mm-hmm. It's the only haunted house I've ever grown up in. And I know it was haunted because not only was I a witness to it, but my little brother, my mother, my grandmother, my grandfather, who is even more skeptical than I am. He didn't believe in ghosts mm-hmm. at all until he moved into that house mm-hmm. and he experienced some strange things himself. Mm-hmm. That house was definitely something else. And I'd love to share that on your podcast. All right. Well, maybe we'll have to get you back for another round of ghost stories. I've really enjoyed this. All right. All right. Well, thank you very much, Matthew. And um, you. have a great weekend. And you I'll too. talk. I hope to see you again sometime. Have All a right, great bye. day, Jeff. Have a great Thank evening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.